With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Season 2 debuts tonight. Phil Kogan, always great having him on the show. Uh, if you could, if uh, you get in touch with Mikey Eyebrows or Knuckles, <laughs> could you ask him to lighten up on the juice I owe for that loan? Uh, it sounds like two guys I knew out of New York <laughs> many, many years ago. <laughs> yeah, let's hope you don't Just find the, yourself wearing some concrete boots. In, in, in the <laughs> yeah, I'm not comfortable with those guys around a cement mixer. Uh, yeah, thanks so much, uh, especially near water. It sounds like a great episode of some television show. <laughs> Knuckles comes after you to put on the concrete boots. <laughs> Believe me, it's my personal nightmare, my friend. I see that in my dreams every night. Thanks for being with us, Phil. A pleasure, my friend. All right, thank you. Mikey Eyebrows and Knuckles, Luby. He started saying these things, and he's doing his spiel. I'm like, all right, cool. And then he's like, yeah, we had eyebrows. And I'm like, eyebrows. And he's like, we had Knuckles. I'm like, is this Defoe in Jersey talking? I'm like, who are, what are these nicknames? Sounds like the Greek. You, the Greek in Jersey, always have the best nicknames for your friends. I'm like, this is on CBS or is this on HBO? I'm like, what is going on? Mikey Eyebrows and Knuckles. <laughs> Get ready for the concrete boots. <laughs> Why do I feel like I already know these guys? Yeah, I swore I've met them before at the Deke. <laughs> Who's ready for the concrete boots? Right, some guy that buried you at the track with a series of losers that he insisted you bet. We have Frank Schwab with us, the senior NFL uh, reporter and writer for Yahoo Sports. Been there a long, long time. We had this question come up earlier in the program, or at least this uh, image. And I was watching some clips last night of how close Mahomes came to pulling off miraculous plays in this game. But And he was facing immense pressure all throughout, running for his life, literally. Who, in your opinion, faced less pressure? Mahomes versus Tampa Bay's defense in the Super Bowl or Russell Crowe entering the arena in the gladiator movie? <laughs> it's, it's probably actually Russell Crowe. I probably had an easier time. Uh, you know, it, yeah, they... Lions? I mean, <laughs> yeah, either way, I'd rather face a lion maybe than Jack Barrett. Glenn Robbins, you can't tell her the truth. You know that. Uh, we've been talking about that all day. Valentine's Day, the last thing you want is transparency, my friend. Well, look, I never open the mail on Father's Day. <laughs> never. You don't want to know. I mean, I, I don't, I don't want to get a dear Len, you know, my name is Karen, you know, we met. We, we made it. Uh, oh no! The time. Wake up with Defoe. Joined by Luby. Welcome to the Defoe Show. Well, once again, everybody, great to have you with us here on this fine Wednesday edition of the program. Jeff DeForest, Michael Luby, Lubitz coming off a red hot Luby Tuesday yesterday. Wow, with Kevin James on the show. That drew a lot of attention and a lot of high praise for you, uh, Mike Luby Lubitz, your one-on-one interview with actor-comedian Kevin James, who's now in a NASCAR-based show. Kind of interesting. Uh, did you get a chance to catch that? I mean, did you go ahead and watch that thing after you talked to the guy? Oh, no, it actually uh, debuted the night before. Uh, we played it the, it uh, released interview. Monday 
on Netflix, the 15th. It's there now. I do plan on watching it. I'm embroiled in a couple other shows right now, but when I'm done with those, I will watch it. The Crew. And it's fun. It's it's like old sitcom style. So it's fun. They're quick episodes. You know, it's not too much. And he talked about it. He wants, it's just right now people need to laugh. So it's that kind of a show. Is there a Chris Economaki type uh, I don't know. In, in this program? Yeah, we're down here in the pits. I tell you what, oil is spewing out all over the place. It looks like a blown gasket to me. I don't know if they're going to be able to fix it and get him back out on the track. He's certainly going to lose a couple of laps on this one. Oh, Economaki. He's uh, the best. Maybe the greatest. Aside from the lovely and talented one, Leslie Visser, would you say that Chris Economaki might go down as the greatest sideline reporter if you could consider being in the pits a sideline? It's essentially what it is, right? You're on the sidelines there at NASCAR. You can't stand out there by the track. <laughs> Nobody could hear a word you were saying. But Economaki was great. Uh, the frantic nature of his reports was just incredible. And then, of course, his information was always spot on. It looks to me like they only got two tires on there, and they forgot to put the third and fourth one on. <laughs> He's out there. <laughs> He's out there riding on the rims. It's incredible. I don't know if he can sustain this lead. Uh, speaking of NASCAR, we have some tickets to give away. Uh, I, I don't know when you want to get this started, Luby. You say you're in the nine o'clock hour, yes. so uh, we'll give people a heads up on this. And all throughout the nine o'clock hour, and, and we had some success with this yesterday. It was nice to know there were people actually out there that are willing to pick up the phone and call the sports talk show. But uh, we're going to give away a pair of tickets for the. Saturday, February 27th race, which is the NASCAR Xfinity Series Contender Boats 250. Sounds like something that's up Eric Brandon's alley there. Now, they're not racing boats. This is a NASCAR event, Homestead Miami Speedway, which is a great venue for auto racing. Uh, We all know how good of an experience it is down there. And uh, you can just stay over for two weeks for the Luby wedding. Be fantastic, which is still on. Is is it not Mike Luby Lubitz? Uh, And you're going to go... You're going to go switch hitting on this thing? Uh, not to make a sexual reference, but rabbi and priest are going to be on hand? Rabbi and bishop. priest. Rabbi, I guess a bishop is a higher than a priest. I don't know. Yes, we will have both of our faiths covered. Yes, sir. What kind of juice did you have to ante up for the rabbi's presence? <laughs> They're the same price. Basis, or was he already <laughs> affiliated with the place? No, no. They, we have to pay. It's not cheap. It is what it is. Nothing's cheap. All right. <laughs> Well, at least you're not getting married by somebody that uh, looks like uh, they, they were a replica of the clown on the jack-in-the-box uh, <laughs> drive through ordering. Uh, uh, you know, uh, you used to see this uh, giant clown there. And, uh, you know, in Vegas, you never know what you're going to get. I, I, I'm not sure the guy was an ordained minister, uh, the one that uh, married the Mustang and I. Uh, certainly uh, the first time I got married in Vegas, which was my middle marriage, very suspect uh, what religious connection there might have been between the uh, person presiding over the ceremony and uh, the Lord himself. But uh, I wish you all the best there, Luby. Uh, I'm planning on coming. Is that okay? Do we have to wear tuxedos to this thing, or is it no, just... No, no. It's uh, is, casual? casual dress, whatever the hell that means. It's like a suit. You know, you have to dress nice. It's a Saturday night affair, but yeah. it's not like black tie. All right. All right, drama unfolding here. And one of the great things, how about this for a stat, Luby, if you were inclined to go ahead and make a bet. Yeah. Rafael Nadal is up two sets to love. Over Stefanos Tsitsipas in the uh, quarterfinal round that he's playing uh, right now at the Australian Open. Uh, and the match is still underway. You know what his record is when he's up two sets to nothing in majors, which is a frequent occurrence. Obviously, it's happened 224 times. Do you know what his record is when leading two sets to love? Now, take into uh, account that uh, in a lot of these occasions in these majors, he might have been up to nothing on like Federer or Djokovic or any number of greats. 
across his brilliant career. So there's always a possibility guys of that caliber can come back. It's not like he's, you know, meaning some qualifying schmink in the first round goes up two sets to nothing. What do you think Rafa Nadal's record is when up two sets to love in Grand Slam events? Oh, it's got to be nuts. Out of 200, 224 matches, he, he's had this situation occur. He is 223-1. And he now finds himself in a fifth-set bloodbath with Stefanos Tsitsipas. So he's worse when he's up? <laughs> like he's better in no, a dogfight? 223-1. He, uh, he's only lost one time oh, only- up two sets to nothing. In, in, in 224 matches. That's a pretty good Oh, record, 200. Right? I thought you were saying 223, and I was like, what was the one? You mean 223? This isn't hockey, Luby. We're talking about Yeah, I was like, what is he talking about? Test. I'm like, what is the one? No overtime losses. <laughs> you think 223 two sets and to one. nothing, two sets to love in Grand oh, Slam yeah. events. Rafael Nadal, the great Rafael Nadal, holder of 20 Grand Slam titles, tied with Roger Federer for the most all-time, looking for another one here to uh, set the pace. It doesn't look like... Uh, do you believe uh, this is like the old Tiger Woods question? Will Roger Federer ever win another Grand Slam? I, I want to say no to that. That's uh, that's painful. Uh, that hurt me actually, Luby. Uh, wait a minute, I got to go take an aspirin. That, that caused some pain. The great Roger Federer, one of my favorite athletes of all time, two twenty-three and one. He finds himself uh, now on serve in the fifth set here against his Stefanos Tsitsipas, the guy that blew us off to that interview that time. Although he was calling from the south of France, right? Wasn't he calling from the French Riviera? So it had to be an awkward time. But uh, this is live action drama unfolding here with a live sporting event while we're on the air. And then we'll see if TT passed. The great ones always find a way to win. Is that not the mark of a champion? When they're not on their best stuff, they find a way to win. Well, we saw it with Djokovic, and that's the subject of today's deal. Volkswagen DeForest Files, a little tribute to Novak Djokovic. The guy's got uh, ribs that are no better conditioned than Drew Brees. And he still digs out two uh, match wins over very, very capable opponents. And when the money was on the table, what does he do? He fires an ace right down the stripe to take a four-set tiebreaker and move on. But Nadal up against it right now. This kid's uh, coming on. So it could be 223-2 and if things continue to follow this trend. But very exciting action there. The heater in action tonight. Heat Golden State. What does that mean to you, uh, Mike Luby Lubitz? Uh, Are we uh, still infatuated with the Golden State Warriors? I mean, it feels like another loss for the Heat. That's what it feels like for me. You have thrown in the towel on the Miami Heat. Uh, I I hope Ron Rostein never takes your telephone calls again. I'm coming on the show here. Um, Doesn't look pretty. I I mean, they they had won a bunch of games over, you would have to say... Well, sub-500 teams, right? Yep. Uh, the Houston Rockets uh, certainly have gone south since the Harden trade after getting off to a good start in the immediate aftermath of that deal. I think they won five or six in a row, and lately they're just getting thumped. And they played a couple of games against the New York Knicks uh, during that span. The Knicks having a decent season. They're actually ahead of the Heat in the standings, which is a real shocker that they would be ahead of the Miami Heat so far in the 2020-2021 season, which essentially started, what, uh, just at the very tail end of 2020 and into 2021. NBA, uh, you mentioned this yesterday in our interview with Sean Devaney, who covers the NBA, and uh, he was saying, well, you know, there's a a few bumps on the road there with this COVID-19, but they're postponing games right and left. It's incredible. Having a real struggle with that. Grant Long going to come on just a few minutes and talk about that. Later on, Craig Mish on baseball, a baseball expert, now uh, contributing with the Miami Herald. What what affiliation does Mish not have at this point? That's actually a great question. I was trying to think about that. <laughs> he's, he's MLB, MLB Network. Network. He has a radio show uh, on uh, one of these uh, Podcast, online yep. 
uh, you know, podcast uh, channels. And now he's with the Miami Herald, too, Craig Mish. So congratulations to him. Uh, but very knowledgeable. And I, I wonder what he thinks. I, I bet he says under on 75 for the Marlins. I, 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 yeah. I can't do this, can I, for the deal Volkswagen people? We can't. We can't embrace an under total. Well, I, well, I know. I don't think 80 wins. Look, if you're a team that made the playoffs and they did sign guys and their young guys are maturing, there's no reason why you shouldn't be focused on the playoffs this year and you would think you'd need to win 85 to 90 games or more to make the playoffs. So 75 actually isn't high. the highest of praise. It's saying, yeah, the Marlins are better, but they're still the Marlins. So that, uh, over isn't so inexplicable. It's just we're so used to looking at 64 and 65 wins that 75 scares us. That's a big number to add, right? 10 wins based on what we saw last year. I mean, they were great last year, though. <laughs> yeah. Like they, they blew by the number. Didn't they win by like 10 to 15 more games than the number last year? Last year, no. I mean, the number got reduced to 25, remember? But I'm saying, didn't they win 30-something? Didn't they win low 30s? They won 31 games, yeah. Okay, no, so six games. So they blew by up, six uh, Very early on. In fact, uh, it was a reluctant payoff from the uh, bookmaker to the... <laughs> not that uh, the people that deal Volkswagen are dealing with uh, illegal bookmaking or anything like that. I don't mean to apply that for one second, but uh, it was a sweet cashing wager there. I, I don't know. How heavy would you go? Marlins over 75 this year. Top three in the rotation, they would all have to be dynamite, would they not? Contra would have to be good all season long. 6-0 would have to be the real deal. Pablo? Yeah. I've noticed they're all on a first-name basis now that we made money yeah, on the bets. Exactly. <laughs> hey, Pablo, can you come on the show? He's a real good guy. You have to root for these guys, too, though, yeah. don't you? I mean, they put together a very likable team. I know you would rather have a team that just won consistently, but maybe they can do that. I know the people from Deal Volkswagen, they're not inclined to back a losing proposition. But if we start uh, having to hedge off in April or May, that, that's that's not a good sign either. All right, we're going to give these tickets away for the, and that's coming up in the 9 o'clock hour. Just a heads up, everybody who calls in in the 9 o'clock hour will have a, a chance to win a pair of tickets. Uh, we'll uh, draw for it uh, for the NASCAR Xfinity Series Contender Boats 250, Homestead Miami Speedway. That's Saturday, February 27th. A huge day on the South Florida sports landscape. With the Fountain of Youth taking place at Gulfstream Park. And also, I mean, I guess they're selling tickets for this thing. I would imagine they have like 12,000, 13,000 people at Hard Rock Stadium to see Canelo Alvarez ice another stiff that was literally dug up from a Turkish graveyard. <laughs> they're not even going to Germany anymore. You never know. They might run into like Carl Mildenberger, one of those guys. But, uh, yeah, I mean, they're not even going to Germany. They, these guys are too competitive. So they went to Turkey and dug up a stiff. Uh, but yet, uh, still, I mean, should be you have to root for good prelim fights on these Canelo and, and Mayweather cards and things like that. You always hope you get a couple of exciting fights in the prelims. At least that makes it worth spending the money and investing the time in it. But uh, Canelo Alvarez at Hard Rock Stadium all on the 27th of February. A winter sports cavalcade and festival here in South Florida all happening on the same day. You know where my attention will be, Luby. And that'll be right there at Gulfstream Park. <laughs> See which one of these three-year-olds emerges uh, as the top candidates uh, for the Florida Derby and the races subsequent down the road. And I think they're going to go in chronological order, uh, as they usually do this year. And maybe with some fans, Kentucky Derby Preakness, and the first uh, flat race I ever attended, the Belmont Stakes. I believe Arts and Letters won that one. A gray. The 1A, part of an entry. All right, uh, back with more. Was it Arts and Letters? Yeah, I think so. No, it wasn't Arts and Letters. Could it have been? High Echelon. One of those horses. All right, uh, back with more in a moment. Now that. The time. It's 
Grant Long joins us here on the show. Uh, all right, in, in your days at Romulus, if a guy was chucking him from 40, would he get beat up after school? <laughs> I mean, this is Michigan basketball, now Detroit basketball. Yeah, I don't think you'd have to wait to after school. <laughs> Start your day with a cup of Defo. It's now time for the Defo Show. Welcome back to the show. Beautiful day shaping up here in South Florida. At least uh, beautiful compared to the rest of the country, that's for sure. Even if it poured all day, it'd still be great and very favorable. Uh, we're going to head to Detroit, Michigan right now. And a great one himself, one of our favorites here on the program. And now an analyst uh, with the Detroit Pistons television crew. And, of course, an original member started the opening game in the history of the Miami Heat. The great Grant Long joins us here on the program. Always a pleasure. Grant, how are you, my friend? I'm trying to stay warm, Defoe. I really am, man. It's it's really difficult. The snow is here. The chill is here. And don't tell me about the warm weather in Miami. <laughs> it's only going to make me mad. Uh, it's sprinkled for like an hour yesterday. It, yesterday. it was nice, nice beach weather. Uh, yeah, come on down here, uh, Grant. I don't know what the travel situation is right now. I, I don't think we're allowing anybody into the state or out of it for that matter. But uh, it's been pretty mashugan. How, how are you holding up with, with this? I mean, in Texas, uh, they're freezing. It's just a catastrophe. Uh, you guys are used to it, though. I mean, you're a Michigan guy. Yeah, you, you hit it right on the head. We are well equipped for the for the snow and everything like that. So nobody nobody here has lost power or anything like that. As a matter of fact, it, it's almost like a celebration. I saw people out on the lake. Imagine this. People, when the lake freezes over, they go out on the on the lake with a snowmobile. They go out there with yeah. motorcycles. I, I never understood that concept. You have all of this open land, and yet you want to wait till the lake freezes over to go out there and, and, <laughs> and, and, and snowmobile. I, mean, I, w- I wouldn't like- trust that at all. No, no, not good. Uh, you know, I mean, the people in Minnesota, they're crazy like that. They set up houses out there for the wintertime and uh, dig a little hole in the ice and start fishing. That's got to be, a, you know, a very exciting event. All right, uh, how unexciting, uh, are, you know, is it for the NBA now with, with this sit-down thing? Uh, where do you stand on this whole uh, Draymond Green issue, which uh, it seems like, and uh, Draymond Green, uh, he'll speak his mind, but is he on the right side of this thing? I mean, why, why are these teams, uh, and you have an issue there in Detroit. With Blake Griffin, I mean, uh, do you think it's right that these guys are sitting down even though there's there's no trade uh, in action uh, for uh, Blake Griffin services? I, I I really don't have a problem with it. And I'm glad, let me say this first of all, I, I'm glad yeah. that Draymond actually said it because I've said it for years. I've said it even going back to the days when I played, that there was a double standard yep. by the media. When players do it, they're vilified. However, when the team does it it's a great move on their part you know you 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 have teams have guys who say well i want to go somewhere else i want to be traded they ask to be traded and then the the fans with lucky landslots you can get lucky just about anywhere dearly beloved we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom sorry sorry we're here we were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time (gasps) no lucky land casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry in that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation? Where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission. At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground. 
cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Say, oh, man, he has no loyalty. He's this, he's that. But then when the team turns around and says, well, you know what, we're going to trade this guy and we're going to do this. And then everybody, all the fans are like, well, that's a good move on the team's part. Well, how come it's a good move by the team, yeah. but it's a terrible move by the player when he suggested? So that, yeah. that's, that's, that's the, the unequalness that I think the players are talking about because we see that happen all the time. And it's happening right now where the team says we're going to sit this guy because we're trying to trade him. In essence, we don't want him to get hurt and, and, and ruin his trade value. So now if a player comes out and says, you know, guess what, I want to sit down the next 10 games until you guys try to trade me. Imagine that. If a player came to the owners and said, I remember, now this is crazy, remember a while ago when Ron Artest was playing, he went to the Indiana Pacers and said, I'm going to need about two weeks off because I want to go and promote my album. <laughs> this was during the season. This was really during the season. He requested two weeks off to go promote his new CD. I don't, I, that didn't go over well, and he didn't get that request granted, but that's along the same lines. Yeah. Uh, how was the CD, by the way? Did you ever get a chance to listen to it? <laughs> on our test? You know what? I, I never caught a glimpse of, of not one song on it. <laughs> I don't recall any Grammy uh, consideration there. Uh, it reminds me of when I asked uh, Bob Arum, the uh, fight promoter, about Oscar De La Hoya. He was uh, promoting one of the De La Hoya fights, uh, and De La Hoya had put an album out of uh, Spanish love <laughs> songs. And I said, uh, you know, what would you think of the album? And Bob Arum said he should keep his day job. <laughs> I, I, I could probably agree with that. Yeah, yeah. for all the girls I've loved out. before. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Um, many things happening uh, in uh, the NBA, and uh, not the least of which is uh, COVID nineteen interruptus, as they say. And uh, what is your feeling? I mean, about the way the season is unfolding here, and we've had this conversation with other people, and it seemed like everybody was. You know, saying, ah, oh, you know, the old asterisk argument about last year. Last year was uh, pretty much on a level compared to this year in terms of uh, teams that have been compromised. And one team, it's kind of lopsided. I mean, uh, you could take a handful of teams and look at what's happened to their season, uh, the Heat included, uh, destroyed by injuries and COVID-19 in the early portion. And then other teams have had no problems. So uh, this seems like it would be uh, more in consideration of being a fluke year. Yeah, you know what, we're we're in the midst of that right now, as a matter of fact. We were scheduled to have a Texas swing with San Antonio and the Dallas Mavericks. And obviously going through what they're going through with their weather, those games have been canceled. So now you got that cancellation plus the COVID pro- postponements of games as well. But it was it was nice because even though the Dallas Mavericks game got canceled for today, the Pistons were able to pick up another game today very quickly with the Chicago Bulls. So I don't know how that worked out that it, we're able to just slide over and play the Bulls today when the Mavs couldn't go. So it was like, it's almost like a pickup game. We yes. call these guys hey, if they want to play. play. Yeah. Right. Hey, Bulls. Hey, Michael, you want to run? <laughs> you run exactly. full or you, they play half court? Yeah, right? You have full. to specify if you're running they full. To, they were over to slide over and play the Bulls today, so that, that worked out. But I, I said this at the very beginning. This is You, you talk about an asterisk on the, on the season, guys. This is probably, not even probably, it is the most challenging season that the players have ever had. Because you think about this, they get to an arena sometimes and the game might be postponed. They might say, you know, 
you, you get prepared to play a game at 7.30, and all of a sudden they say we're moving moving the game to 9 o'clock, and now you're just sitting around waiting to play a game. That's happened quite a bit so far this season, yeah. but the players have adapted, and they go out and they still play because they want to play. They want to compete. This is what they love to do. So they've been able to make those adjustments on the fly, and that's behind the scenes. A lot of people don't know that. You know, They, they see these times that are moved. Those are game time decisions a lot of times. At 7.30, you might get a call or 7 o'clock for a 7.30 game telling you that they're going to move the game to 9 9 o'clock, and the players just have to sit and take that and just be prepared to play. And all of the the entire day you spent preparing to play at 7.30, and it may not seem like a lot to everybody else, but that's a difficult challenge to now wait another hour and a half or so to get ready to play. So uh, I think this has been the most challenging, and this is the team that comes out of this, is the one that's going to show a lot of resolve. And I know everybody's thinking the Lakers are going to be the front runners and all this kind of stuff. But anybody, any team that comes out of this thing playing well, i tell you what, they've got a lot of moxie, a lot of resolve to, to fight through all of this stuff and still manage to play at a high level. Well, Graham, we've talked to reporters about this and the idea that, you know, what is going to happen with the season? And everyone, to a man, said the same thing. Well, with the money, the NBA's trucking along. And I get that, but you talk to the players. Like, I'm not worried about what the NBA is saying because, they, of course, the, the NBA and Adam Silver is going to do whatever they can to keep the season going. The players are the ones that are in control as much as anything, especially in the NBA these days compared to most professional sports in America and even the world. What have you, you are former players, so I'm thinking you have a different rapport with the players and the organization. What are the players saying to you? Like, are, are, there, are there discussions of wanting to pause or take a break or something because the way this season has gone, yeah, it's been better the last couple months and now we just had a game canceled today or postponed today. Like, it's got to be held to the players themselves. Like, what are, is there any talk with the players of postponing, taking a break, getting away from this? Because to me, it's sort of a disaster so far. No, it hasn't been any talk like that. It has been some some rumors or muffles, rather, about the All-Star game. Nobody, and I don't think that's going to be played, but the players are saying, you know, this is, it doesn't make sense to have an All-Star game. You know, if guys get voted in, surely you're going to count this as being selected to the All-Star team, but it doesn't, there's no need to have an All-Star game. And the players are all on board for that. You know, cancel the All-Star at the weekend. Just don't have it all together. The votes will still count, but nobody's going to have a game. Nobody's going to play. So I think the players, that's, that's the only thing I think the players have said, nah, due to everything that's going on, let's just let's just skip that part of it. And on the other side of that, you're going to have all of these games that we're talking about that got postponed. They're going to try to make those up in the second half of the season, which is why the schedule is so wide open in the second half. And they haven't really committed to a second half because they want to find out how many games they have to make up in that second half. So I think there's a lot of room for that, and the players are on board for that. They do want to play all of those games, and they're scheduled to play 72 rather than 82. I don't know if they'll get 72 in there for a lot of those teams that have missed eight, nine games already. They're going to have to make those up if they want to catch up. Because think about it, if you go into the latter part of the season and you've got eight, nine games off the schedule and you're in a playoff hunt, you still got to make up eight games. That's going to give you a real shot in the arm if you can make up those eight games and win. All of a sudden, you go from maybe sixth or seventh place right up there to, you know, second, second or third. So it's going to be very important that they kind of manage that schedule and get those games and make sure that every team plays the same amount of games. I do remember back in the early days of the Miami Heat, uh, there was some sloppy play. My favorite college player of all time, of course, well, among my favorites, the great Pearl Washington may rest in peace. Unfortunately, when he was a member of the Heat, was dribbling a lot of balls off his kneecap that were going into the crowd. 
what can a team do? Uh, the Heat are really struggling in this category, uh, Grant, as you're probably well aware of uh, when it comes to turnovers. And, and they're kind of, you know, the turnovers that you would see uh, like uh, at the YMCA, not necessarily uh, NBA, where uh, Bam out of bio just throw one right out of bounds. <laughs> Uh, what, what can a team do to correct that? I mean, and what happens in that case? Uh, Ron Rostein, as we know, had a full head of hair before those first couple of years with the Heat. <laughs> and, he did. <laughs> I would imagine turnovers uh, had a lot to do with fueling uh, the departure uh, of uh, the follicles that he had on his head. Well, listen, you know, when, we were just having this conversation directly about the Miami Heat because they're not the team that we saw in the bubble. It, this doesn't seem to be the same team, and we thought, in the conversation that this this team would be really right up right up there at the top again because of their playoff and their championship playing experience, but it doesn't seem like this is the same team. And pretty much everybody is still intact, and they're not playing with that experience that you would expect them to have at this point. Which also tells me that they have what it takes to turn this thing around and get back on board. Like I said, the players are still the same; they're a year better, a year stronger. They'll figure it out. They'll. It's just some when I when you hear when you see turnovers, they're bad decisions. So it's not a matter of that they that it's not a skill thing. It's a mental thing. They're making bad decisions with the basketball, and I think that that's something that you can get over. And I think that's what the Heat players are doing right now, just making bad decisions with the basketball. The great Grant Long, original member of the Miami Heat, now with the Detroit Pistons broadcast team, with us here on nine forty wins, twelve thirty the zone, and around the world on the iHeartRadio app. Uh, we talked uh, at great length, I guess it's a common discussion now, the three-point shot and uh, the obsession with, with the three-point shot. Uh, we, we saw the Heat oh, attempt only 12 two-point field goals in a game, and we're looking at routinely combined 80 to 90 three-point attempts by the two teams in an NBA game. Uh, where is this going? Is it headed in a negative direction in, in your mind, uh, Grant Long, or is this just something that uh, old coots uh, like me, uh, old geezers, are just going to have to live with? You know what? Count me in in that old coot category as well. <laughs> I listen, I, 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 you know, when you say twelve two point field goal attempts, that is almost that, that's mind blowing. Amazing, huh? Yeah. I mean, you listen. The Heat have good three point players. You got if you don't like Duncan Robinson, I don't know. You don't like three point shooters. That guy is a hired gun. He can knock down shots. But to me, if you're just relying on a three point shot, you're missing the other parts of the game. If, if you can do both or even balance them out, you know, it, it's a, you, you go back to, I mean, listen, let's just go back to Larry Bird, one of the best three-point shooters that the, the league has ever seen. And he, he didn't live on the three-point line. He played in the mid-range game. He played near the basket. He played the complete game. The three-point shot back then was necessary to give you a shot in the arm. But now it's with the analytics and everything like that, they've proven that the more three-point shots you can get up because you don't have to make a great percentage of them to still win. You can make a lower percentage of threes and still be the team that made a higher percentage of twos. I mean, that's that's simple mathematics, and I think that's what teams are leaning toward. Hey, let's just get up as many threes as we can, and whatever happens, that is, that, that's just what will happen. A classic example, when the Houston Rockets were in an elimination game, they they could have beat the Golden State Warriors. They went. They missed twenty-eight three-point shots in a row. What? How do you miss twenty-eight <laughs> oh three-point shots in a row, Rick. and you continue <laughs> to shoot? Who's yeah. coaching this team? That was D'Antoni, man. He's got exactly. great teeth, but uh, obviously it didn't have too much sense there. I mean, do you have to call Brick? After missing 25 in a row? <laughs> hey, you already know it's a brick after 25 in a row. 
That was always frustrating, you know, when it just you knew it was a line drive off the front rim and uh, you had to warn people uh, under the basket that uh, they were about to get their head taken off. Uh, just a quick question here, Grant Long, and we always love having you on the show, and I was curious about this because uh, I was thinking about the great Lou Chaffel, and uh, it was penurious, uh, I guess uh, would be the word, uh, that would be a flattering word for being cheap. Uh, when you guys won, uh, finally you won that first game after 17 straight losses, uh, was there Andre Kolduck? Being served in a locker room, or did he spring for something a little more pricey like Corbell on the low end of the champagne scale? Uh, Andre Colduck. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you've had oh, some. Man, I, I, I haven't heard of that one in a while. If I recall right, I think it was Thunderbird. <laughs> Old English. I think it was Thunderbird. <laughs> All right, well, uh, drink some Thunderbird. It'll keep you warm, that's for sure. <laughs> And uh, and stay warm, Grant Long. It's always a pleasure. Thanks so much for sharing time with us. Uh, went by too quickly, and we'll have to do it again real soon, my friend. Anytime, fellas. Have a great morning. I'll be safe. All right. Thanks a lot. I think it was cold, Doc Luby. Did you get that sense? No, yeah, for sure. It was, if they, if they did champagne, it was definitely something of that oak. Here's one for you. Lou Chappelle, dead or alive? I want to say alive. I think Lou alive. Chappelle. I've never heard of his passing. Lou Chappelle. Former GM of the Miami Heat. All right, we're coming back with more. You're going to have a chance to win some NASCAR tickets later on in the program. We'll do that in the 9 o'clock hour. Craig Mish on baseball. Pitchers and catchers reporting for the Yankees already today. They're ahead of the pace there in Tampa. And, of course, the Marlins report tomorrow. So we'll get into some baseball with Craig Mish later on, see what he thinks, a little prospectus and perspective on the season. Back with more in a moment. Now that. The time. 7.41. It's the stuff of which legends are made. That story in a moment. Hi, Jeff DeForest here for the great people at Deal Volkswagen. We're talking about service today and what people want when they take their car in for service. Convenience and speed. Deal VW gives both to you. They're conveniently located just off US-1 and Bird Road. Minutes from Pinecrest, South Miami, Coconut Grove, Coral Gables, Key Biscayne, and Miami Beach. You can easily schedule your appointment online at DealVolkswagen.com. When you bring your vehicle in, they get you in and out right away. With 30 service bays, the Deal VW certified technicians service vehicles quickly, efficiently, and they do it right. And the service manager, John, a great guy, is there making sure all things run smoothly. You can wait for your car in one of their two customer lounges or use one of their business workstations in the showroom, all equipped with Wi-Fi, TVs, and comfortable seating. But I'm telling you, you'll blink a few times and your car will be ready. So don't get too comfortable. I've been telling you this for years. They truly treat you right at Deal Volkswagen, and the superb service department is no different. So schedule your next appointment at Deal, and you'll be like thousands of happy customers saying it's all about the DEEL. While there are many storylines to follow in this year's Australian Open, the continued comeback of the world's number one Ashley Barty, who got knocked out of the tournament last night, the upcoming semifinal clash between Serena Williams, seeking to become the all-time slam singles champion with her 24th win, and Naoma Osaka, who has 19 straight matches in the win column and is carving her own name quickly into tennis history. The spotlight can easily be shining most brightly on a guy we nearly take for granted in these events. Novak Djokovic is seeking his 18th Grand Slam championship in what has been his favorite spot, Melbourne, Australia, where he's won the tournament eight previous times. If he makes it nine, it should not go unnoticed as to how he did it. 
struggling with an injury since his third round match against American Taylor Fritz. Joker said the injury was enough of an impediment that had this been any other tournament besides a slam event, he would have withdrawn. After gunning out a five-set win over the upstart and talented Fritz, Djokovic faced the daunting task of trying to pull things together against the sledgehammer-serving Canadian Milos Raonic, who would be an opposing challenge under any circumstances, much less while compromised by injury. But Joker, who early in his career was thought to lack the mental toughness to be projected among the game's greats, sucked it up and ground his way to a four-set win to advance to the quarterfinals. There he would face Alexander Zverev, a young talent many feel is destined for the top as well. Djokovic fired a scorching ace down the tee on match point in a fourth-set tiebreaker to seal the victory. It said everything you needed to know about what separates greatness from the top-level tennis also ranks. He holds a lifetime edge in wins over Roger Federer at 27 and 23 and Rafa Nadal at 29 and 27. If that is not enough to erase those original doubts about his composure and competitiveness, this year's performance in Melbourne is more than serving up a giant exclamation point. At the game's highest levels, very little differentiates the best from the rest of the field. But if you wanted to see mental toughness come to life in tangible illumination, watching Joker mow down the caliber of competition he has in his last two matches while clearly impaired by injury brings the concept of having the heart of a champion into vivid and very clear focus. Jeff DeForest with the DeForest Files. Tim Ruddy with his former Dolphin great. I'm not really a degenerate, but I am willing to learn. The only way to get your morning started is with Defoe, joined by Luby, right here on the Defoe Show. Not sure what kind of headlines this will make, uh, whatever the result turns out to be, but uh, you're missing out on some great live drama and tremendous sports action right now. Fifth set. This uh, Stefanos Tsitsipas now has his third match point coming up. The guy's played sensational, down two sets to love. A situation that Rafael Nadal has prevailed in in 223 of 224 times that it's occurred, where he's gone on to win the match after being up two sets to nothing. And uh, a third match point. But, man, is this cat going to have to earn it? That Patrick Martutuglu uh, that we had on the show a couple of times, he, he's also Tsitsipas' coach and Serena. So this guy must be a hell of a coach, huh? I mean, holy Nick Volatari, what's going on out there? Tremendous match, though. Uh, tennis bloodbath happening right now live on ESPN2. All right, we're coming back with more. We're live. Take you up until 10 o'clock. Jeff DeForest and the man who's soon to get married, Mike Luby Lubitz. Big star on the Luby Tuesday yesterday with his Kevin James interview. Many people with high praise for that. And we'll be back with more in a moment. Now that. The time. It's 7.52. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.